as you drive around. Have you ever noticed those little stone pillars on either side of a road? That is, now if it has words on it, it's a sign. Okay, uh, but that is really, that is a Karen that, that is there to mark the road that's between the two of them so that you can more easily find it, so that you can more clearly uh, find it. You know, they, they, they call attention to that. Now, we began this series of prayer. Now, this is an obvious road. Uh, this is North Highlands, and, you know, this is an obvious road. Uh, when you're driving down State Street, this is, this is what you see. And, you know, it's, it's obvious and it's there. So we don't, a lot of times, we don't even, we don't even pay attention uh, to the Karens, if you will, to those pillars that are marking that road because we're used to it and we've seen it before and it's familiar to us. And when we began this series, we really began with uh, verses that were very familiar to us in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. That's probably the one of... I was going to say the most familiar. Uh, If it's not the most familiar, it's one of the most familiar uh, passages on prayer. And, uh, you know, so that's there. And then we began looking at some um, shorter ones. But today we're going to be in one that's obvious. It's it's less obvious than the Lord's Prayer, but you'll see why it's obvious, because he says you need to pray these things. Let's pray, and then we'll get into our passage for today. Father, thank you for your grace to us. in the way in which you have put reminders for us, some very obvious, some not so obvious. And uh, I know myself, sometimes I need those very obvious things because I am so easily distracted and can get wound up in other things. But what I want to see is you. I want to see your way, your will. I want to see what you lay out before me, and we need that, and we need to help others do that as well. Uh, These studies on prayer have been a, a, a challenge to me, a benefit to me, and have helped me, I pray that you would use your word now as we look and as we think about praying and and prayer to you, that we would be focused, uh, drawn, enlightened by you. Your word is powerful and effective, and that we know. So use it in the lives of all of us gathered here, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Today we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you want to turn there, page 1091 in the Pew Bible. First uh, Timothy chapter two. Uh, we looked at first. We, we looked at the verses that come before this uh, in chapter one, twelve through seventeen, a few weeks ago. Uh, then we looked at First Timothy chapter six. Last week we were in Second Timothy four. As I was studying those, this passage, I came across this passage again, and I thought, well, you know, maybe we would do that. And uh, I, I jumped around a little bit. Well, well, here we are. Uh, those other ones that we've been looking at in First Timothy are a little less obvious when thinking about prayer, uh, but I hope that they, the sermons that we've looked at have, have helped you and guided you. Today's passage here in First Timothy chapter 2, it's a little more obvious because it mentions our need for prayer a couple of times. Follow along. Verse 1 says, First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercession... You see why I say this is an obvious passage here? He's saying, I, I, I'm telling you, do these, do these things. Uh, I urge that petitions... Prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, 
Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed a herald, an apostle, I am telling the truth, I'm not lying, and a teacher of the Gentiles in the faith and the truth. Therefore I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Now let me summarize verse 1 for you, you know, just summarize it. I urge you to pray for everyone. That's just a summary of what he's saying there in verse 1. Now some people are drawn to the descriptions of prayer, their petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving. Uh, we'll look at those in a moment, but you know, it's almost as if we look at those sometimes as if we can categorize uh, prayer, more of an academic thing. But what I want to draw your attention to first, I, I'm, I want to urge you not to skip over the word urge. <laughs> I want to urge you not. Uh, you know, don't skip over that word urge. Uh, it, it means to call to one side. That's what it means. It, it literally means to call to one side. It, it's to, to, to beg, to entreat, to beseech. It's a strong word. You know, it's a strong word. You know, sometimes you say to somebody, well, I kind of urge you to do that. No, this is, man, I urge you to do this. I, you really need to do this. <coughs> he is giving instructions, and he's giving instructions that are for our benefit. What he's saying is, this is good for you. This is good for you. This is something you need to look at. This is something you need to think about. This is something you seriously need to consider, not just to listen to. This is what this, is what this word is telling us. When he says, I urge you, you know, know that this is for your good. It's a good thing to do. He's saying this is an opportunity you should not miss. These are some things you should be doing. I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for everyone. The petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving, they're just really kind of descriptions of several expressions of prayer. As I was reading and I was studying and I was looking at the first three in particular, petitions, prayer, intercessions, and I'm reading and I'm looking at, and I'm looking at the definitions, you know, and even the definitions you know, in the Greek, and, and, and it's like there's not a whole lot of difference here. There's not a whole lot of difference, really. They are different words, but there's not a, 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 not a ton of difference in, in the... In the uh, meaning of the words now we think of petitions we and this is different than the way we think of petitions you know it's not like a petition that we circulate you know that we circulate the petition you know that says we're going to ban hot dogs i'd sign that baby anyway uh you know that's me i keep doing that don't i yeah we we uh we got a battery issue with this but it's it's the you know it's it's the you know, not where we, we have a, a bunch of names on a sheet of paper and that we're going to petition and, and by the sheer volume of all these things that they you know that that's going to carry some influence. That's not what this, that's not the picture here. You know, that, that, that it's, it's, it's not showing how many support our cause and because of that, you know, that that's what should be done. That, that's not what it's talking about. It, it's just talking about those bringing requests before God, which is really what prayers are. You know, the, those prayers that voicing that request to God. Uh, and it's not just a request. When you think of prayers, I've told you before, prayer is just really kind of that conversation with God. Like when you talk with one another, you talk and you listen. Some of us talk more than others, and some of us need to learn to listen. And I've had some people in my life who have been kind enough to tell me that. You need to learn to listen. And they're right. But that's part of what prayer is. You're speaking to God and you're listening. 
I've told you before, God has never spoken to me in an audible voice that I've heard from heaven. He has spoken to me in an audible voice as I've talked to other people. And I've been praying about different things. And all of a sudden they say something and God goes, there it is, buddy. You know, so when we talk about prayer, it's, and again, remember, answers to prayer are never going to be contrary to God's word. They aren't. God is never going to tell you to do something contrary to his word. He doesn't do that. He is, he is not confused about what he wants. And what he's told us in his word was and is true. And you know, so when we're talking about petitions and prayers, and he says intercessions, that inter- intercessions is just simply coming, coming before someone with a request, you know, interceding, if you will. You know, we often think of this on behalf of, 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 one and of, of another person, that we come on behalf of another person. Now, the word doesn't require that. The, 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 the definition of the word really doesn't require that it's on behalf of another person. It is just bringing that before him. I really think these, these three words are used for prayer. I don't see them as distinctive, as distinctions, you know, of prayer, just kind of words of saying pray, you know, there's the important part, pray. Now, the word translated thanksgiving, that one is very different, and it means gratitude, thankfulness, the giving of thanks. You know, that, that thanksgiving, the part of prayer that's often left out for us, you know, we come rushing in with our petitions and thanksgiving we kind of kind of forget about now let me remind you paul paul god was guiding paul as he wrote this letter to timothy and it became part of the inspired word of god the bible i say became part because remember he was just writing this uh, you know and sending it out so here through paul god is telling us First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority. So you're supposed to pray for everyone, but he also points out very specifically to pray for kings and all those who are in authority. Now, we don't have king, a king, but we do have those who are in authority. This tells me, as I'm thinking about prayer and things that I should be praying about and for, that we need to pray for our government leaders. Even those you don't like. Even those you don't agree with. So just a question for you to think about. Have you been praying for them? Where he says, I urge, that's more than a casual suggestion. He's saying, you need to be praying for your government leaders. What have you been? If you've been praying for them, what have you been praying for our government leaders? Have you been praying that they'll agree with what you think should be done? I mean, that's often what we do, you know. Have we been praying that they would make decisions that would make our lives easier? You know, when he says here, I urge petitions, you know, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life. That's what we want, isn't it? A tranquil and quiet life. But I don't see that as the focus of the prayer here. That isn't what he's saying we should pray for, you know, that, that we'll be able to lead a tranquil and quiet life. That's a result of the prayers. That's a result of the praying. 
You pray for them, he says, so that we may lead. The result is, you know, so that we might lead a a quiet and and tranquil life, you know. Uh, That's the result. That's not the petition that we bring before God. That's not the prayer that we bring before God. That's the result that comes along of it. Now, certainly a tranquil and quiet life is desirable, but again, that's not the focus. Quiet and tranquil, that's just really, that's the absence of conflict, particularly as you're looking at it in the context of what he's writing here. That's particularly in, in, that, that there would be an absence, uh, an, an absence of, of, of what would oppose a lifestyle committed to God. That whatever it is that might oppose a lifestyle of living out that lifestyle for God, that those, that those barriers might be removed. But again, that's not the prayer. That's the result of it. He says, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life, and don't stop there, in all godliness and dignity. Now that phrase means, you know, to, to be devout, to be committed you know, it, it, it denotes, uh, you know, it, it's a life that's characterized by a Godward attitude. That what we do is directed to and by God. It, it speaks of that which is well-pleasing to God. Well-pleasing to God. Not, not to man, but to God. But still, these are the results. That's not the request. It says, you know, this, this is good and pleases God our Savior, it says in verse 3. While, that, while that's nice, that's not what we're urged to pray for. The request, I believe, we begin to see in verse 4. Look what it says. Verse 3, he says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior. Verse 4, I think here is where we're getting into the focus uh, of the prayer. He says, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, when you're praying for when you're praying for those leaders or everyone, as it says, everyone there, but then specifically mentions, you know, those leaders, pray that they get saved. Pray that they come to know Christ, that they come to know Christ Jesus and they follow Him. Pray that they that they come to realize who Jesus is, that they come to understand their need for a life in Him. So when you're praying, you pray, you know, you pray that they will get saved and that they will come to a knowledge of the truth. This is what I believe he calls us to pray for. He says, pray for everyone, and particularly, he says, your government leaders, those who are leading you, pray for them that they will come to a knowledge of the truth, that they will know Jesus Christ as he truly is, that they will know who he is. Lead that quiet and tranquil life that they won't oppose Christ, you see, but that they will, they, that those, some of those barriers will be removed and that we will, you know, they will come to know, a result of their coming to know Christ, a result of their getting saved, a result of their coming to the knowledge of the truth is that quiet and tranquil life. The focus of the prayer is that they'll come to know Christ and that they will come to that knowledge of the truth which means they know Jesus, who is the truth. Jesus said himself in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. You see, this is all tied up here in what what he says we, we, we need to be praying for. We need to pray that they know Christ. We need to pray that they come to the knowledge of the truth. I'll try not to speak fast. 
We need, he is the way, the truth, and the life. We've mentioned this before. You can't mention it too many times. There is no other way. There is no other truth. Anything put forth as truth that opposes Jesus is not truth. You know, it, it is, he says very clearly, you know, that he's the way, the truth. And all. Now, our society would like us to believe that truth is changeable and that everyone can have a different truth. I just really want to barf sometimes when people say, well, that's my truth. Truth is truth. It might be your opinion. It might be your understanding. It doesn't mean that that is necessarily true. When he's talking here about you know the truth, we need to understand that the you know your preference is not necessarily truth. White is not black. You know, east east is not west. And the you know. A line is straight or it is not straight. It cannot be both. You see, uh, you know, it, uh, truth is not a matter of popularity. Truth is a reality. You know, it, it, it is what is. Jesus Christ is the truth, and anything or anyone that contradicts him is not truth. Anything that contradicts him. When you pray for others, when you pray for our leaders, pray that they will come to know Jesus as their Savior and pray that they will come to the knowledge of the truth. When you pray that, you are praying the will of God because he tells us that right here. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, you know, it is God's desire, as it says here, that everyone, including our government leaders, that everyone will come to know Jesus as their Savior and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is not a statement of universal salvation. This is not saying that everyone will be saved. This is not saying that everyone will come to that knowledge of truth. This is saying that God wants them to come. God wants every single person to. But the reality is some reject him. Some want their truth. Some want to be in charge. Maybe that's a bad phrase, but it's also a true phrase. Some want what they want, and I don't care what God wants. That's what they want. Some want their life without God. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we were looking, and we were talking about hell. And some, some want life without God, and I believe the worst part of hell is he gave them, gives them what they want, life without him. That's separation from him. While he wants everyone to be saved, I will also tell you, he doesn't want you to sin. Have you ever sinned? In case you're wondering, the answer is yes. 
you have. You see? So we can violate God's will, which is sin. We reject God, which is sin. We put ourselves up as God, which is sin. You see? And he's saying, I want everyone, I want everyone to come to that knowledge of the truth. And anything that contradicts God is not true. When you pray for others, pray that they come to know him as their Savior. Now, the knowledge of truth they need to come to, it relates to the gospel. That's laid out for us there in verses 5 and 6. Verse 5, he says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and humanity, Christ Jesus himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. The knowledge of the truth about the gospel. Look what he says, that there is one God. That there is one God. And Jesus is God, part of that trinity. You know, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Is that three gods? No, that's not three gods. It's one God. There's one God. You know, it says he exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. You know, but it's one God. And we, you know, that there is one God, he says, and that there is one mediator. That's Jesus, the mediator, the one who, the one who comes, who comes to, to give us that relationship to God. I, I you know, there's... Um, the uh, you know as you go through scripture and it has different different words and um, the one keeps running through my mind and falling out the back um, the, the propitiation that he is the propitiation you say well what's that the propitiation the, the, it, it, that is simply the one who averts the the, the one that uh, that averts that 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 punishment that averts the but that Jesus is the propitiation. He is the one. He is the mediator. He is the one that brings us to the Father. He is the one. Without him, we don't have that relationship. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one comes to the Father but through him. You know, he is that, you know, he, he is that mediator. There's one God, one mediator, the one who intervenes with us. And it says that he is the ransom, that propitiation, that, that, that he is the ransom. He, he paid the penalty for our sin. He is, you know, that ransom. Some people think that he ransomed us from the devil. No, he didn't. We didn't, we didn't sin against the devil. We sinned against God. And he paid what we had, to, what we, we owed, and he paid that to God. When he gave his life on the cross, he paid that to God. God. And God is the one who is propitiated. God is the one who 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 uh, has that right to snuff us out. And Jesus says, "No, I am giving my life for them." He is the ransom. He himself was that payment with his death on the cross. When it says here that he is, you know, that he was, I think uh, the, the Holman Christian Standard words it as that, you know, that he was human. That's what he's talking about. You know, in his humanity, he died. In his divinity, he continued on. In his humanity, he died. And death paid that penalty for our sin. You know, he is, you know, there's one God, one mediator, and that he is the ransom. A testimony at the proper time. I was reading that and I was thinking, you know, one of the things I know I need prayer for and I think one of the things our leaders need prayer for and those that you pray for deal with this whole thing, a testimony at the proper time. Pray they follow God's timing. Pray that they follow God's timing. When you're praying for our leaders, that they follow his timing, not our timing. 
not their own timing, not the timing of society, but that they follow God's timing. You know, we sometimes feel that God should do things right away or sooner. You know, you know, uh, rather we want it done sooner rather than later, except for the judging of our sins, of course. We want that later, not sooner. We want other people's sins judged sooner. We want our sins judged later. You know, uh, this whole thing, you know, that, that a testimony at the proper time. What he's saying here is Jesus Christ came according to God's timing. When will he come back again? He will come back again according to God's timing. He came the first time according to God's timing. Ephesians chapter 1 says, In him we have the redemption through his blood. That's what we were talking about. That He died on that cross. The redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. He's our ransom. That forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which is good because I don't want it according to my ideas. My ideas are way short of what God has. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, poured out, lavished, just abundant, came out abundantly in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Not ours. It's according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. When he knew, you know, just what he said, you know, that, that a testimony at the proper time, in the fullness of the time to unite all things in him in heaven and on earth. And it was according to his time, it was according to his plan, it was according you know, to what God knows is best. It says, in him, in, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. A testimony at the proper time. This is what he's talking about here. This testimony at the proper time. Even, even the knowledge of the truth comes according to God's timing. This is what he's telling us here. Verse 7 in 1 Timothy, he says, For this I was appointed a herald, an apostle. I am telling the truth, I'm not lying. Well, when I read that, I thought, okay, so one of the things that I just you know, find a little annoyingly different. When people, when people say to me, well, truthfully, my mind says, well, have you been lying to me up to this point? Or to tell the truth, have you not been telling me the truth? You know? And so I just find it kind of amusing. that you know. So I guess I should say to myself now when somebody says that to me, ah, they're just being biblical. Just don't use it. Anyway, I, uh, he says, for this I was appointed a herald and apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. He says, I've been a herald. Uh, you know, some translations say a preacher. All that is, is the, someone who conveys an official message of the king. Guess who carries a message of the king? Every single one of you who knows Jesus Christ as Savior and King. You, you are that herald, that preacher. 
the one sharing the message of the king, the one sharing the message and the reality of the king. Do you know anyone who doesn't know Christ as their savior? Yes, you do. You are appointed as a herald, as a one who is simply conveying the message of the king. You know, one who is sharing. One of the things that I really think is is just very, very encouraging, cool to me. Um, you know, right now, the kids are downstairs with people who are sharing with them the message of the king. Some of them don't know Christ yet. Some of them do. Because you see, you always have, you know, that God has given us this influx of, of kids into the world, and they need to know about Jesus as well. You see that, that, that responsibility, you know, we got several babies, in, and you are responsible to tell those kids about the king. You, parents, are the number one herald. The number one, the number one preacher of Christ to your kids. He says, "I was appointed a herald, uh, you know, a preacher, con- conveying that that message." Those of us who know Christ as our Savior, we have been given that responsibility to tell others about Jesus. We share the message of the King. We share the message of the King. We share that truth and we share that reality with others. He says, verse 8, Therefore I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Now I know in, in some of the Bibles they have a little break there and there's a break after verse 7, but um, that was man stuck that break in there, not God. He wrote the letter and you have the whole letter here. He says there, he started with prayer, you know, in what we have is verse 1 and in verse 8, you know, and then he ends with prayer. Now as I was reading this passage, I started to, as what I, what I do when I'm studying, one of the first things I do, I just sit down with the Bible and I start reading through it and just say, God, God you know, help me pay attention to you and what you're saying. And Sometimes I'll begin to write things down. So as I was reading this, um, I began to write some things down, and um, I, I'm going to show you. Well, you know, maybe it'll help you. It helped me, and um, I hope it doesn't just confuse you on a higher level. Uh, he calls us to pray, you know, and he says, "Pray." I urge you. I can't urge you enough. He says to pray and pray for everyone. And as you're praying for everyone, don't forget about those. Those, those kings, those rulers. Don't forget about those government leaders. He says you need to pray and you need to pray for them. And, and what do you pray for them? What you pray for them is that they will come to, no, to the knowledge of the truth. That they will come to that knowledge of the truth. And what is that? Well, that, that, that's the fact that there is one God. That they will come to that knowledge of the truth that there is one God and there is only one God. And the other gods that they've been chasing are not real and they are not God. And, you know, and, and as much as we'd like to think that we, are, you know, we control our own destiny, ooh, boy, you're in big trouble you know, if you're going to control your own destiny. Because, you know, but there is one God, he says, and there is one mediator. This is the knowledge of the truth that you want them to know. There is only one God and one mediator, and he gave himself. Here's the things they need to know. The gods they've been chasing 
are not are are false gods they're not real you know and, and they need to understand there is only one god there is only one mediator and he gave himself he gave himself as a ransom for all he gave himself because we needed to be forgiven because we needed we sinned and we needed to pay for those sins and he came as that ransom he came as as that ransom for all you do not add anything to what god has done you simply walk in obedience to him you don't add anything to what he has done what christ has done on the cross is that ransom and he's paid that ransom for all and it says that he is that testimony he is the one who 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 is uh, tells us who, who god is and what god does and he says and he is that that testimony he says so tell others tell others you see the benefit the benefit of when of when those leaders come to a knowledge of the truth the benefit is a quiet and a tranquil life but that's not what we're praying for what we're praying for is that they come to a knowledge of the truth that they come to the knowledge that there is one god that there is only one mediator that he is the one who gave himself a ransom for all we come to that place where you know that they come to that place where they realize he is that that ransom and, and and that testimony and he says so tell others pray he says so pray he says this is what this is what you know he he has called us to do this is what he is saying here in these verses first of all he says then i urge that petitions prayers intercessions and thanksgivings be made for everyone for kings and all those who are in authority so that we may lead a, tw- a, a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, he says, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved, including our leaders, and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time, for this I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles in the faith and truth. Therefore, I want men everywhere in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Pray that they come to the knowledge of the truth. Our leaders our friends, our co-workers, our children, our grandchildren. And if God grants us the time, our great-grandchildren, that they come to a knowledge of the truth. That's our prayer. I'm going to ask if you guys will lead us in a closing song. So, um, one that's not no. It's a, uh, I, I'd, I'd like us. I'd like us to sing. You know, turn your eyes again because this is what we want to do. You know, not only our eyes, but theirs as well. Uh, as they come up and prepare, and as Andy re-racks that song for us, turn our eyes. Let, let me just close with a not close, but just pray, and then we'll we'll go into this song. Just to remind us, uh, you know, that it's Jesus we want them to see, that knowledge of the truth. Father, guide us that we would be sharing forth your word and, and your truth, uh, not our ideas, not our thoughts, but your, the, reality, the reality of the fact that we have one God, one mediator who gave himself as a ransom for all, that we might share that testimony, that reality 
that they too would come to that knowledge of the truth. For your honor, praise and glory, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.